For Arizona Public Media, I'm Tim Swindle, Director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today is Laura Condon, an Assistant Professor in the University of Arizona's Department of Hydrology and Atmospheric Science. Welcome, Laura. Thanks for having me. You've been studying how groundwater is affected by global warming. What's new about the way you and your colleagues are approaching it? Yeah, so what's really unique about our approach is that we're directly simulating groundwater. So we're simulating all of the water that infiltrates and moves laterally in the subsurface. And in most of our global climate models and land surface models, they're really thinking about what's happening in the atmosphere and what's happening with the plants, but they're not thinking about what's happening below ground. So our model's unique because we're simulating everything from the bedrock up to the top of the plants. And what difference does that make? There's some interchange right at the surface, but what difference does it make to model it down farther? Yeah, so it makes a big difference because what happens in the subsurface, even though you might think of groundwater as being this deep disconnected system, we've shown with research that it's really closely linked with the land surface. So at high elevations, you might have water that infiltrates down to a deep water table, and that might be disconnected from the land surface. But then what's really important is that water doesn't stay put underground. It moves laterally in the subsurface and it moves really slowly. So it moves slowly down to low elevation locations locations where we have things like surface water bodies, um, and there it can be connected to plants and providing water um, at the land surface. So what's really important about that is we have this store of water that's moving slowly and adjusting to climate variability much more slowly and is helping stabilize our soil moisture. What are the effects likely to be for Arizona that might not have been noticed before? What we show is that groundwater can play a really important role in a warming climate because it's this slow moving, slow moving stabilizing factor in our system. So when we first have warming, some of that plant water stress, rather than to think about warming, that's going to increase the demand for water. Um, And some of that demand for water might be met by shallow groundwater. In the Western US, which is where we worry a lot about this, um, sometimes even more than the Eastern US where we might have more water, we show that because of all of our groundwater development and pumping that's already occurred in the past, we've depleted a bunch of our shallow groundwater resources already. So basically we don't have that shallow groundwater there to help buffer the response to warming. Are there particular places where the effects are likely to be most noticeable or noticeable first? An area that we really focused on and that uh, jumps out for us is around the 100th meridian. So the 100th meridian is a dividing line in the U.S. where we generally think of the more arid western U.S., west of the, the 100th meridian, and the more humid eastern U.S., east of the 100th meridian. And other studies have shown that as we have global change occurring, that this 100th meridian is actually shifting eastward and we're getting more of our country that's increasing in its aridity. So what we see is where you have that shift occurring, that aridity progressing across the U.S., that the groundwater is really important in those locations because it's really uh, controlling the rate that we are seeing the drying occur. What are the next steps in studying this? Moving forward, we're working on expanding our model to cover the entire U.S. and actually thinking about some deeper confined aquifer units and really thinking about how human interactions 
work with this. So we know that a lot of our response to warming and to changes in weather is occurs with water management. So we might start pumping more water or changing our irrigation patterns in the future, depending on what happens with climate. So what we were really looking at in this study was seeing, okay, what's the natural response of plants to this warming? But our next step is to really take into account what the humans would do in response to warming and see how that would then impact groundwater. Because one of the biggest impacts to groundwater from water scarcity is humans, because we start pumping groundwater when there's a drought. How did you get involved studying this? I grew up in Colorado and I grew up on a farm, so I spent a lot of my summers irrigating and working with water from a ditch and was curious about why does the water shut off and when does it shut off? So I was just interested in how all of that worked, how it got from snowpack to irrigation. And as a result, I became an engineer and a hydrologist and I've been working in water ever since. Thanks for talking with us, Laura. Sure, yeah. This is Tim Swindle and this has been Arizona Science. You can also listen to this and other Arizona science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org.